The captain of the ship looked into the dark night and saw the faint lights in the distance, immediately told his signalmen to signal a message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Promptly, a return message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored, so he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am seaman third class Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then came the reply, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> you know, we can disregard God's message to us, but it will be at our own peril. We can crash in the rocks of this life very easily if we don't follow the Lord Jesus Christ as our lighthouse. He is not only our lighthouse, but he's also our captain, and he will guide us safely through. And he wants us to know how his authority and his power and his control is so important in our lives. And we must be subservient to him. It is one thing to say that Jesus is Lord. It's another thing to say Jesus is the Lord of all. But it's still another to say he is my Lord. He is my boss. He is my king and my captain and my savior. Each one of us need to realize how important it is that he is our personal Lord. The great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, once said, Christ is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. He wants to be Lord of everything in our lives and he knows that's best for us. But so many times we're like this captain, right? We want it to go our way, but our way is not the right way. Many voices in the world telling us what to do, the only voice that really counts is the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The title of our message today is Submitting to the Lordship of Christ. And we're going to put up on the screen the verse, verses from Acts chapter 9 and verses 4 to 6, and the three, and we'll read that verse passage first. Then he, that is Saul, fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and it will be told you what you must do. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. The key question in this passage is this, Lord, what do you want me to do? You may be a high school student, studying for, for college, thinking about your future career, or a college student in college, thinking about it. What does the Lord want you to do? You may be a homemaker. You may be a homeschool teacher. 
You may be a student in elementary school, high school, college, as we said. You may be a single person or a married person. You may have kids. All of us can ask the Lord that same question. What do you, Lord, want me to do? We may think our lives are small and insignificant, but the Lord can use us when we yield ourselves to him fully and completely and let him have his will and his way in our lives. And I love the question, Lord, what would you have me to do? The three things that we're going to look at today is number one, obey willingly. Number two, obey immediately. And number three, obey completely. It's a very simple outline and a very simple and with very simple points, but very powerful when you apply it to your own personal life. Lord, help me to obey you willingly. Not against my will, not kicking and screaming, but I want to willingly yield to you. And I want to, to obey you immediately, right away. And I want to obey you completely, fully, in everything that I do. Well, first of all, obeying the Lord willingly. The word willingness is a wonderful word, and it's defined as consent or readiness to do something. The quality of being happy to do something if it's needed. And that's such a great definition for us as Christians. When we see a need and we do it, it makes us happy because we're able to serve our Lord. And we do it willingly. We should do it always willingly. Sometimes the Lord requires us to do something very difficult. And if we do it for him, he'll give us the grace to do it. And we'll look back and you say, it wasn't bad as I thought it was going to be. And this week I went down to one of these tests down at Kaiser in Santa Clara. And usually they put you on the treadmill test to test the stress, right? Well, they didn't choose the treadmill. And I believe that the Lord allowed that to happen. They chose the stationary bike. And that was completely out of my comfort zone altogether. Because I haven't ridden on a stationary bike for years. I do the treadmill, I walk on the treadmill, I walk fast and so forth, but it's different when you ride a bike. And they always start you off real easy, right? Real easy, going, nice, and so we said we're going to start increasing the intensity of it. How do they do that? They turn up the pressure. They turn up the pressure. But I was going along real good, and then all of a sudden, toward the end of it, my legs were hurting so bad. But I kept going as long as I could, and it was good. It worked out well, and I was so thankful. So I was willing to do it, even though I knew it was going to be tough. But it wasn't as bad as I thought. And so many times, things are not as bad as we think they're going to be, because the Lord helps us through, and we can be thankful for that says in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. We have to be willing and obedient. And willingness is so very important for our Christian lives. Paul was willing to do whatever the Lord wanted him to do. And that's what we should be in that position as well. No debating. No complaining. No exceptions, no questioning, just, Lord, what do you want me to do 
Ada likes that expression that comes from the Navy. Aye, aye, sir. The military, they have the army and the other branches of the service. Sir, yes, sir. And you do it with a salute. And they do it. And they do it willingly. You don't have to force them. And Jesus, when he taught his disciples, he taught them to be willing. And it reminds me of the time when Jesus, his disciples, and his mother were invited to Cana of Galilee to a wedding feast. And everything was going along just swimmingly until they ran out of wine. And when they ran out of wine, Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to him and told him about it. And then she told the servants this. In John chapter 2 and verse 5, whatever he says to you, do it. It doesn't get any clearer than that or any simpler than that. We make it complicated because of our own stubborn will sometimes. But here it's so, so clear. She tells him, whatever he says to you, do it. So the servants did. They brought those water pots there that they used and they filled them up with water to the brim. And Jesus turned that water into wine and did his first miracle there in Cana of Galilee. And so we have to remember what God can do through us if we're willing. If we make ourselves available to him, if we yield ourselves to him, he will use us for his glory. As I mentioned, Jesus is our master. He's our Lord, our king, our boss. And his decisions and his plans are what's right for us in our life. Not our own. I think about Abraham. Can you imagine Abraham was sitting there in his tent, enjoying life, so thankful for what God had done for him. He had given him this son, Isaac, and Isaac was his beloved son. And there he was, and then God appears to him and says, Abraham, Abraham, take your son, Isaac, and go and offer him as a burnt offering. That must have just pierced his heart right at that moment. If you're a parent and, and that, somebody said to you, take your son or take your daughter and offer them there, your heart would sink. You would feel a horrific pain. And I think you'd want to run away from it, right? You wouldn't want to do it. But Abraham did. He had a willingness to do it. And that's why God then stopped him right before he plunged the knife into Isaac. Right before. And he tested Abraham's faith. And it says in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 12, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For I know now that you fear God since you have not withheld your son from me, your only son. Wow. What a, what a blessing. And when God tested his faith, his faith proved to be strong. I like the story of the, there's an old Scottish woman. A man named Walter Knight tells a story of this old Scottish woman. And she went from home to home across the countryside selling thread, buttons, and shoestrings. So she wasn't a wealthy person. But she would go about doing this job. And when she came to an unmarked crossroad, she would toss a stick into the air and go in the direction the stick pointed when it landed. One day, however, she was tossing the stick up several times. Why do you toss the stick more than once, someone asked. 
Because, replied the woman, it keeps pointing to the left, and I want to take the road to the right. Then she dutifully kept throwing the stick into the air until finally it pointed the way she wanted it to go. Sometimes we can be like this old Scottish woman. We want our way so badly that we wait until we can find somebody to tell us that's the right thing to do. But when you come for counsel, you've got to accept the counsel. And if it goes against what you want, do God's will and he will bless you. Yes, it's so important. So the first point this morning of very great importance is to obey the Lord willingly. To say, whatever, Lord, wherever, Lord, however, Lord, you want me to do. Secondly, we need to obey immediately. I know parents teach their kids this principle. And we are God's children as well. And so, just like children... They don't obey always after the first time. So what does the parent do? They raise their voice a little louder. They don't obey the second time. They raise their voice a little bit louder. They don't obey the third time. They raise their voice even louder. And then finally the child does what they want them to do. But they always tell them, don't wait till I have to tell you the first, second time or the third time. Obey after the first time. Well, that's even more important to us in our Christian walk. When God gives us something to do, we don't want to postpone it or procrastinate or put it off or delay it. We want to do God's will and, and obey him immediately. I think about Abraham. We talked about Abraham. We think about Joshua the same way. When God had them to do something, they got up early in the morning the next day and went and did it. That's what you call doing God's will immediately, decisively and deliberately, and to do exactly what the Lord asks us to do. When, he told, when Paul told, asked him that question, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord says, I want you to go into the city of Damascus and it will be shown you what you should do. So he didn't tell him right away what he was going to do. He told him to go into the city and then he would find out. When we obey the light that God gives us, he gives us more light. But if we don't obey the light God gives us, he doesn't give us more light. He wants us to go by faith and trust in him. In Genesis 12, 1, this was true of Abraham when the Lord said to him, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Then in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, So Abram departed as the Lord spoke to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Yes, Abraham was a man of faith. And even though God didn't tell him exactly where he was going, he knew wherever God was going, he was going to go there. And that's what he did. In Hebrews 11, 8 it speaks of his great faith when it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. So many times we have to wait for the Lord to direct us, and so many times we get antsy. I know I do sometimes. And I want to run ahead of the Lord, but he slows me down and says, Wait. And that's tough. It's not easy at all. 
but he will lead us in the right way. So many times there are negative repercussions when we don't act according to God's will, but when we do act according to his will, he will bless us. I love this story by, um, it tells about an evangelist by the name of Paul Rader, R-A-D-E-R. And he used to talk to his friend who was a banker in New York. And the banker would always reply, I'm too busy for religion. I'm too busy for religion. And so finally, he overworked himself so much that he ended up in one of those sanatoriums for a complete rest. One day, God spoke to Paul Rader, and the message was clear. Go and speak to him. Rader obeyed. Catching a train and going with all speed to the sumptuous sanitary. Arriving at the facility, Raider saw the banker standing in the doorway. Oh, Raider, said the banker, I'm so glad to see you. I received your telegram. That's impossible, said the banker. I wrote a telegram begging you to come, but I tore it up. That may be, said Raider, but your message came by the way of heaven. Isn't that amazing? This man who loved this banker and wanted to see him saved, he went with all speed and all diligence, and he was there at just the right time. Because when Raider found him, uh, this man under conviction of sin, he pointed him to Christ as a, his personal Savior. And that man accepted Christ, and his heart was filled with joy. Raider replied, sometimes we sing heaven above is softer blue, earth around is sweeter green, sometimes lives in every hue Christless eyes have, ever, have never seen. Suddenly, the banker leaned against Paul Raider and fell into his arms dead. God sent that man to preach to this man right before he died. And he got saved in the nick of time. As the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've been putting it off, you say, well, I'll receive Christ. I just have to do this, or I just have to do that, or I just have to go here, or I just have to go there. Don't wait. Today is the accepted time. Today is the perfect time. None of us are, are assured of tomorrow. None of us are assured of this afternoon or what's going to happen to us. We need to be saved and make sure that we, like this banker, will be immediately with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord when we know him as our Lord and Savior. So don't put it off. Make sure you don't leave this building today without having Christ as your Savior. And then our third point is to obey the Lord completely. So we have to obey him willingly, and we have to obey him immediately, and we have to obey him completely. If God says to do something, we have to not only do it right away, but we have to do it completely. Dot every I and cross every T. Don't leave out any detail whatsoever. 
It says in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 28, Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. They were obedient at that point in their history to the Lord, because he is Lord. Colossians 2.6, Paul wrote, Are you, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The Lord. You've received Christ Jesus the Lord. He is our personal Lord. And we need to do what he asks us to do. King Saul was a contrast to that. Because instead of obeying God fully, what he did was he partially obeyed the Lord. And partial obedience is disobedience. Because we might do 99 things right, but if there's one thing left off, it doesn't work. It has to be exactly what God tells us to do. Clear, right? I think about our dear friend Peter, the great fisherman. And he and his compadres there, they fished all night and they didn't catch a single fish, but Jesus was there. And he told them these words. Launch out into the deep, Luke chapter 5 and verse 4 and 5. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Very subtle difference there. He was so close to complete obedience. All he had to do is let out all the nets and then they would catch the fish, right? But he didn't do that. He let down one net and there was so many fish that the net started to break. And so when God says nets, we need to make it nets. And that's the, that's the clarity of it. And we have to let the Lord have his full way in our life. It's the only way to success and victory and an abundant life is when we obey the Lord completely. So three simple principles to remember this week. Obey him willingly, obey him immediately, and obey him completely. We'll be happier, the Lord will be pleased, and others around us will be blessed. An unknown writer once wrote, where the captain bids us go, tis not ours to murmur, no. He that gives the sword and shield chooses to the battlefield where we are to fight the foe. Yes, and before we close the meeting today, remember that song we sang this morning, beautiful song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. One of the verses says this, Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold o'er my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only, always, living in me. May God bless his word to our hearts today. Shall we just close in prayer? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we're challenged by this word this morning. We know that so many times our flesh gets in the way, but just help us, Lord, to follow whatever you want us to do, to do it. And say that and ask you that question every morning. Lord, what do you want me to do today? And Lord, help us to do it. 
Help us to stay on your plan and, and to do your will. And to do it willingly and to do it immediately and to do it completely. Lord, we thank you for being patient with us and we pray that you will dismiss us with your blessing, take us home safely and give us a wonderful rest of the day. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.